0: I am Brad Franklin, publisher of CavsCorner.com Coming to you live from the place of Franklin States in the west end of Richmond Where it is now officially football and basketball season still uh, A.K.A. the season when I don't know uh, where I'm supposed to be going and what I'm supposed to be doing uh, We are going to talk about uh, Virginia football's uh, loss at Louisville And preview the upcoming matchup in um, Miami Gardens, Florida Against the number two team in the country um, before we do that, we will talk UVA hoops. Cavaliers are two and zero as expected. Uh, we got to see the unicorn finally, um, and uh, you know it's funny because I I wonder <laughs> going forward how uh, how sane people are going to be able to be after what we saw uh, against uh, good old uh, Let's Go uh, Let's go around and introduce everybody up in Fishersville. David Spence is on the show. How are you doing, my friend?
1: Uh, I'm doing pretty perfect, Brad. Thanks for asking.
0: Dave, pretty perfect. Yeah, pretty that's great.
1: Who Dave's on the board at Who Dave's on Twitter,
0: and up in Arlington, staff writer Justin Ferber's also on the show. How are you, buddy? Doing all right. Flies
2: open. Let's go pee. <laughs>
0: um,
2: yeah, I didn't know you guys didn't know about that. That's that's a we that's didn't a know thing. Um, we didn't They at know. least they embrace it. You know, they don't, they don't let the jokes get made at their expense. Um, yeah. I'm at Justin underscore Ferber on Twitter, by the way.
0: And cap. Cavs Corner, by the way, also on Twitter. Cavs underscore corner, great place for our in-game updates, content items, and the occasional Witty Banter. Um, fun fact, the fly part of that actually is not just the 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 P part. It's also connected, man, if you if this was the first time you heard this podcast, whoo, two minutes in, you're like, what in the world? Um, but it's also from a guy named Fly Williams who played there. And that's where that uh that's where that chance started. I did not from know the, that. Uh yeah, they, the fly is open. Like that was that was the that was the thing. <laughs> All right, so let's start talking hoops. Um, I, I think I, I think I called it Monday an uneven start um, to the season, in large part because of what happened for the football team in Louisville, and then of course in the opener against UNCG. Um, many many people uh, were frustrated, be perplexed, uh, agog. I don't know, excited, you know. They were both confused about not seeing Jay Huff, but also really excited to see Jay Huff and then they finally got to Monday night. Um, I will I, I will open up with my own reflections and we'll, and, and we'll kind of go around uh, the Commonwealth um, <laughs> to, to get to get everybody's. But like, I thought he was good offensively. I didn't see enough even with five blocks defensively to make me think that um, he's gonna be a significant contributor uh, early in ACC play. And when I say that, I mean like, you know, playing twenty 25 minutes a game. Um, I thought it was a nice start. Certainly was good for his confidence. Um, I felt like what he was on the floor was exactly what I expected him to be. And I need to see more, if that makes sense. Like, I need to see better positioning on defense. Uh, there were a couple of times where he had his back turned to the ball. Um, you know, he's he is a little prone to to jump uh, on a, try to block a shot. Um, but overall, I thought it was a good start for him. But, I mean, it's funny how quickly... The legend of Jay and sort of all the things connected to him not playing against UNCG and then playing the other night and and then and the way it started for him with a three pointer and then a dunk tip, um, I mean, there's a lot, there's a lot more going on on that team than just Jay and I felt like a lot of people just wanted to talk about that. Uh, Dave, you were also uh, in JPJ uh, the other night when uh, when when Huff uh, made his uh, miraculous uh, debut. Uh, what were some of your general thoughts?
1: Well, 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 I mean, first of all, look, I understand fans are excited. I thought it was a little bit ridiculous, like the cheer that came up when he stood up, like like this guy had been in shackles for a year and hadn't been able to play. Um, But look, fans are excited. I I was kind of impressed that many fans knew who he was. Um, But as far as his play, I mean, of course he's going to hit his first three-pointer and and do everything um, as kind of – not to the level of prognost- prognostication you had in the text thread prior to the game, but pretty close. <laughs> um,
0: yeah, can I? I want to take a victory lap yeah. on that. I said, I said, watch Jay go for like twenty five, thirteen, and five, and he ended up with sixteen, six, and five. So not quite as as uh, as um, uh, what's the word I want? Fairy taleish, but pretty close. Pretty close.
1: Yeah, anyway, go ahead. Dan. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I kind of concentrated on the <clears throat> on his defense because you know that that's kind of what the talk is. It's holding him back from getting significant. You know, they could hold him back from getting significant minutes moving forward. Um, and look, I mean, he may he did you know he did have several blocks. Um, look, any can block that's good. But as you mentioned, he he several times got caught. You know, looking the other way as the ball was coming in, um, being driven to the hoop and. Towards the end of his play, like Austin P got to where they were running his man through screens, you know, um just to try to get Jay moving uh because he's a little unsure of himself out there it i mean his his offensive game was very impressive um but I mean he's pretty much mike toby isn't he? i mean he he's a guy who who gives you a lot on the offensive end, but it, what's he gonna do defensively against the level of athlete he will see as we get into ACC play. Um, Doesn't mean he can't get better and he can't still provide something, but we know Tony after all this time here. I mean, Jack Salt has played a lot of minutes and Jack Salt's not scoring points. I mean, Jack's doing what he should be doing defensively. And that kind of adds to the thing. Like, you know, I didn't think Jack and Jay, I don't think Jack and Jay are are a great pair to have in at the same time. Um, So, if you take out your best post defender to play Jay or play him with them sometimes, like you can't help hide stuff. Um, I think offensively having Diakite and Jay Huff on the floor at the same time is probably the most dynamic offense we have as far as the front court. But (laughs) you're talking about two guys who are kind of known for making up for their mistakes, but with blocks and that's fine against Austin P. So, We've got one of the best defensive coaches, if not the best defensive coach in the game. Um, It's just going to be a matter of, you know, Jay just getting the minutes and getting the practice time. Um, You know, look, great, he he practiced in the system for a full year as a redshirt, but he's not playing in games. Um, You know, most of his time, once the season starts, isn't devoted to developing Jay. So uh, he'll grow, and you know, the the sky's the limit for him, but. I think fans should be realistic and understand it, it was Austin P, it wasn't UNC. So
0: before before you chime in further, I want to I want to make one point. Um I think the thing that gets lost in this some um, this conversation sometimes is this idea that like well, if a guy's not really there defensively, you should just play him anyway. The problem is is that UVA plays a defense that kind of relies on everybody sort of like being on the same page. Like it's not just a okay, he's not that great, but we can sort of hide him. Like if if he's not that great, teams can isolate him uh and really try to make some hay with that. And I think that um it's it's a little bit short-sighted to think like, oh, but but he's such a good offensive player. When did when did Kyle Guy earn minutes last year? It was when he when his defense finally got to the place where he could stay on the floor without without looking silly. And I think that there are probably people out, people out there who are listening to this, who have read posts on the board, who are tired of people bagging on Jay's defense, and it, some of it is is a presumption, based on reality, uh, based on, uh, an assumption based on sort of like, um, the reality of a kid who did not play a super high level at the high school, uh, didn't didn't play a lot of super high competition at high school level, didn't play travel ball. Uh, this is his first real. Kind of exposure to what I would call um, heightened um, competition, and so there's a there's go, there's going to be a learning curve. I think one of the best things that could have happened um, for Jay might have been the way he started, which is he was he was asked to to sort of understand, hey, look, tonight not going to be able to get you in the game. Don't like the matchups, and then he was able to get his opportunity and was able to shine. So he should both get confidence in himself, but also I think to the 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 reality is is that he has to get better. But this is not a defense that works if one of the dudes just isn't that good. Um they all ha- it's a phalanx. Like they, they have to be in sync, and I feel like that's you know, somewhat problematic. Uh Ferber, you were not in the house. You had to watch it on the nice delayed ESPN three stream. But what were some of your takeaways uh from Monday night's uh win over, over the governors?
2: Um Well, I mean, Austin P is pretty bad. So, it's you know, I said something on Twitter about it. It's hard to get a really good read on where this team is and where Jay is and where everybody else is from these two games, because you know, UNCG I think has the potential to be better than people think. They definitely have players that are are capable players. Um, They were they were better than a lot of the teams UVA is going to play in the non conference. But we still don't really know how good they are until they, you know, get into their conference. Austin P. I mean, we're we're very. I'm very very confident that that's one of the worst teams UVA is going to play, if not the worst. Um, they're just not in a place as a program right now where they're going to be able to put up a fight against a team like UVA. So it's really tough to take those two results and kind of extrapolate that out and, and make a big picture statement on where this team is. Uh, as far as Jay, I mean, obviously, like Dave said, you can see his offensive potential, and you can see like where the ceiling is, or where it could be, um, but at the same time, it's a small sample size against a team that didn't really provide any adversity, um, which isn't going to be how a normal game goes, so, I mean, there's a lot still unknown, um, and it's not playing against a team like that that's overmatched at all five positions and probably schematically as well. Um you can scheme around teams like that. Um it makes it so much easier on everybody, like the pressure's off of everybody. So that's not even like a team a little bit better than that could provide a totally different challenge uh for a player like Jay. So um my my takeaway is that I, it was good to see them come out with a little bit more urgency get to the basket against Austin P um after kind of seeming a little bit more deliberate against UNCG, a team that had some size inside. And, uh, I mean, they almost kind of – they obviously like the – and you can even see it with the way that Tony um, put his rotation together. I mean, they played that UNCG game like it was going to be a close game and they played it to win. Um, I mean, if you're treating it like an opener that they normally have where they kind of blow out and also-ran type team um, – you know, they'll get the freshmen in the game and they'll mix up the rotations. But this game, it seemed like they almost just, you know, let's just win the game. Let's worry about Jay's minutes and Marco's minutes later and they'll get their time. But what we need to focus on winning this game. So I wouldn't take too much from either result. Um, but we'll know a lot more after Friday night.
0: And that's a, that's a nice segue there forever. Cause um, I think Friday night is, is kind of where I want to go next. I, I, I'm like you, I don't know how many takeaways, even though I wrote a whole piece about it. Um, you know, I, I thought it was good to see. Um, it was good to see Jay and Dre. Who, let's be honest, we can all like Dre. Jay will be the the shiny thing that a lot of people are paying attention to, but if if you ask me, Dre is the piece that can really help him and change dr- dramatically change the, the trajectory of this season. And what I mean by that is, he's six eight six eight and a half. He is already showing early signs of just being a, a, a lockdown sort of can stay in front of you defender. Now you might not be able to put him in front of Joel Barry, but you can put him in front of a lot of dudes and he's going to be able just off sheer athleticism and already the way he's moving his feet. He's going to be a weapon. Um, you know, and I, I like his skill set offensively too. I think, like I said, everybody will pay attention to Huff, but, but Hunter, I think is the, is the, is the piece that could really change things for them this year, depending on how he develops. Um, I don't want to lose sight of the captains. I thought Devin Hall looked more aggressive, um, than I've ever seen him, uh, against the governors. I thought he sort of set the tone for them. Um, and he had a really nice start to the second half too. So, um, I, I thought he, he played well. I thought Zay is, Zay is doing all the little things and, uh, he's kind of been who I thought he would be. Um, Jack Salt has not really had a chance to show off much more offensively than we've seen him from him in the past, but, um, he seems to be overall doing, I think, a good job of, of moving his feet a little bit better, maybe than he had in the past. VCU on Friday, an interesting sort of setup because it's an afternoon game. Um, it's a it, it feels very much like a like an outlier. Um, Going to be a whole bunch of people who uh, who have no idea as to why rush hour traffic or whatever is so bad um, down on Broad Street on Friday um Dave let's start with you how do you feel about this game with the Rams I I I personally I'm not really sure how to feel about it and since I'm writing this preview that's probably not a good thing um how do you feel uh about this matchup
1: yeah I mean if it was at home I don't I don't think I'd be sweating it too much Uh, and not to kind of skate around the the question but I'm not sure what VCU is um they're certainly not what they were last time we were there and um but we're not what we were either, and that—that's kind of, that's kind of the dilemma for me. Like I said, at at home, I I think it's a game Virginia wins comfortably. You know, maybe not by a large margin, but kind of controls the wins. But you know, the thing I've seen from from the, this year's Virginia squad, um, and maybe it's me reading too much into it, but you know, you look at the guys who you count on to initiate the offense. Um, you know, Todd Jerome, Nigel Johnson. And a little way, um, you know, in, in some ways it's more more Kyle Guy initiating the offense than like a Devin Hall. Um, so it's, for me, like are, are the young guys a little nervous like, initiating it with those three captains hanging out there? Um, so how will that play out at VCU is kind of what I'm curious to see. I like a lot what Nigel brings to the floor as far as, you know, his pace. But you can tell when he gets into the half court, he's still a little uncomfortable. Um, I actually felt he looked a lot more comfortable when Jay was in the game just because Jay was posting up and Nigel seems to want to feed the post. I guess that's a little easier than kind of running the the traditional offensive set. Um, and Ty, you know, Ty still looks a little, you know, a little worse for wear from from the injuries he had in training camp. So, I mean, if I had to, uh, like, like I wouldn't put money on this game. Let's put it that way. Um, I wouldn't be surprised by either outcome. I think Virginia goes and loses it. It's not a sign of a horrible season. Um, I just don't know what VCU is yet, and Virginia's still got some question marks and some rotational issues that will take many, many games to figure out. Um, So, you know, playing a game at VCU at 4 o'clock on a Friday, (laughs) three games into the season, who knows what will happen.
0: Uh Fer, before I go to you, I also want to make a make a point to say I I, I typically like to pay attention to Pimpom. And Kimpom is like that this would be a dramatic upset. Um there's only I think one other game on VCU's schedule that has a lower probability of winning. Uh, and that's VCU's game December the 9th at Seton Hall. Uh other than that, this is as low as it gets. Um he's got he's got a forecasted uh Finish of sixty, excuse me, seventy-one, sixty-three. UVA, twenty-five percent win probability, Um and he's got currently has VCU eighty-eighth in Virginia eighth. So I mean, the numbers at least on in Kim Kimball's model say the Cavaliers are are gonna be, uh I don't want to say fine, but that this this should be a a quality win for them. Ferber, how are you feeling about this?
2: Yeah, I mean. I think VCU is sort of an unknown. I mean, UVA, I think it's like we kind of know where the ceiling is. We know where the floor probably is. And for VCU, it's kind of hard to know where either is. Um, They're breaking in a new coach, Mike Rhodes, somebody who's obviously familiar with the program. So, I mean, I don't think the learning curve will be too steep for him. And he's proven himself to be a pretty good coach at Rice. So. I think he's going to be able to come right in and, and make an impact. But I mean, if you look down this roster, you don't see the the guys that you're used to seeing. I mean, there's no Briante, Weber, um, Mo Alley, Cox. All these guys are all gone now. I mean, it's a bunch of different guys. I mean, it looks like that they're going to rely heavily on the backcourt. Um, they don't have a big front line really. I mean, they're, they're they're big guys that play a lot. Are six seven, six eight, six nine at the at the biggest. So um, it's going to be a lot of the same. Kind of VCU team that we've seen in recent years, where they're going to try to get out and, and pressure you in the full court on defense, and, and try to force you into some mistakes, and uh, and then also at the same time uh, try to get to the basket on offense and create some some quick easy baskets, um, and not let UVA control the pace with their you know methodical defense and offense. Uh, whether they're able to do that is is a pretty big unknown, uh, especially with this roster that has turned over significantly. They won their first two games easily. Um, they beat Grambling in North Florida. Uh, they scored 94 and 95 points in those two games, respectively. So, obviously, they were able to put up some points, but they also gave up 95 to North Florida. So, uh, a team that has a is 289th in Ken Palm, so not exactly the the top end upper echelon competition. So, like UVA, I mean, we'll see a lot uh, from VCU on Friday. We'll get a good sense for where that team is it's hard to look at their stats now and kind of know because of the caliber of opponents they've played. Um, you know, they are shooting 40% from three. So I think that's worth noting, but, uh, I'm not sure if they're going to be able to keep that up against the pack
0: line. Yeah. I kind of get the feeling that this is almost in, in a way similar to, to UVA's game against UNCG. The difference is just where you're playing it. Um, you never really got the sense against the Spartans that the Cavaliers weren't going to win the game. It just wasn't going to be quite as pretty, maybe as you hoped it would be. But if you look at this roster, Ferber's made a, made a good point here. Uh, Deontay Jenkins, excuse me, Jenkins um, returns. Uh, Justin Tillman returns. Um, he's one of I think four seniors, maybe, but a uh, couple don't really get much time. Um, looks like their their biggest guy is six nine. Uh, they got a 6'9", 245 freshman. Lewis Junkham. Um, you notice how I just like uh, said that with a lot of confidence. Yeah, that's how you do it. Um, I, I mean, I, I'm not really sure what they're going to look like on the floor, but I think one of the things that I, I, I did have a takeaway from UVA's first two games, I, I feel like the Cavaliers have a lot of really versatile pieces. Something I suspected going into the year. Something obviously a lot of us thought would be the case, um, but certainly it it it's good to see guys. You know playing and you can kind of see how the different pieces fit together. Um, I'd also, I don't think you're gonna see VCU. Um, I don't know, North Florida had 16 turnovers uh in the loss uh to VCU, Grambling State, which as we all know is not that great, only had uh 12. I don't think this is gonna be a vintage sort of VCU Havoc sort of team. Um, maybe they come out and they try to turn UVA over, um, but. I can't tell you how much more confident I am in the Cavaliers handling pressure than I am with, with Nigel Johnson on the team. Um, that kid is quick as a hiccup. He's got a great handle. Um, I'm, I'm really curious and I, and I hope I get to see it in this game. Um, seeing these guys sort of uh, playing together, seeing Nigel out there with uh, Dev and Kyle, or even playing with, with tile on the, you know, cause you know, Tony likes to sometimes have two ball handlers out there. Um, or two primary ball handlers out there at the same time against pressure teams. Um, and to Ferber's point, VCU's competition so far, their two games, has just not been enough to really give you a feel, um, other than to say maybe they, they want to play somewhat quickly. Um, they're one of the you know 50 fastest, at least right now, in terms of average possession length um, offensively. Um, not, it's pretty much pretty, it's funny. Their, their overall ranking pretty much matches where they are in terms of adjusted offensive and defensive efficiency. Um, it's funny They just don't, they don't have a, a guy who's returning who you, th- you just think is going to kill them. Um, you know, they don't have a, uh, whether it's Weber or, um, who was, who was the long forward who, who hit that shot against UVA and JPJ that year? Whose name is Graham suddenly. Yeah. Um, him or Burgess? You know, they just don't have a lot of they don't have anything like that. Uh, maybe Mike will have them. You know, by the end of the season or by the time they get into conference play, um, you know, maybe he'll have them have them right. I mean, <laughs> they get to play Richmond twice, uh, and Richmond's pretty awful, Yikes. apparently. But uh, yeah, it's a, it's an interesting matchup for me in the sense that uh, I think both of these teams are still a little bit curious as to who they are, and uh, Friday will will hopefully answer some of those questions. Um, you know, they got to get up. VCU does has to get out to, um, to Maui. Um, and I guess they just play one game out there. Is that the deal? They only play the, uh, the one, the one game against Marquette. No,
2: it's a, they don't, you know, you don't know who your opponent is. So there's no game to put on the schedule.
0: Ah, okay. That's what it is. Got it. Okay. Yeah. There's a nice big break in between. Okay. Good point. My bad. Um. All right. Well. Last thing on basketball, and then we will uh, move over to, to to the gridiron. Um. Where, what, what do we feel like are our our, our, our our typical expectations for the way this start of the season goes? You know, we didn't really do like an in depth you know pick every game sort of thing, but they get VCU Friday, they turn around Sunday to play Monmouth, um, then they play again Thursday night on Thanksgiving. Up in Brooklyn against Vanderbilt, they'll play uh, the next night um, either Seton Hall or Rhode Island, I believe. That's correct. And then you win. Whew, whew, um, considering all the things in my brain right now, that's I'm actually kind of impressed with that. Um, let's see. Then they get Vandy. Uh, excuse me. They get Wisconsin uh, on Monday night, nine o'clock game on a Monday night. I'm really excited about that. Uh, Lehigh, they play at West Virginia, which is the only other than the VC, the, the only true away true road, uh, non-conference game. And they will close out the non-conference schedule with Davidson, Savannah state and Hampton. Um, I gotta say like, there's not a lot in there. I mean, that Wisconsin game, you expect to be somewhat tough West Virginia, especially too, because it's on the road. I feel like Davidson could really give them a, a look. Uh, and so those two games, even though they're, they're separated with the, uh, exam break, um, those two games should be especially interesting. Trying to play Davidson on the back end of the exam break is going to be rather interesting. Um, but overall, I Ferber, let's start with you. How, how are you? How do you feel about the non-conference? Do you feel like the Cavs should go undefeated? Where, where do you, where do you see the the um, um, where do you, where do you feel like the 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 speed bump might be?
2: Yeah, I mean, I you look at the names of the teams they're playing, and you might not think a lot of it, uh, but. It's actually a really solid out-of-conference schedule from what I can tell. My general thought, and I was actually thinking about this earlier today, I think they're going to drop two games in non-conference play. Um, I'm not exactly sure where those games are going to be, but I think that Wisconsin's going to provide some challenges, but that game's a JPJ, so that's always an advantage. Like you said, West Virginia's on the road. I could see that being one of the losses. And I kind of think that there's a there's a chance that they could at least split these Brooklyn games. Vanderbilt, I think that they can beat. They're not a bad team. I mean, they got in the tournament last year, and uh, I think they lost in the Dayton games. I'm pretty sure, or something, um, or some they lost like in the first round. Um, but then, I mean, if they win that game or lose that game. The opponent they're going to get on the other side is a good one. Uh, Rhode Island's solid, and uh, so Seton Hall is, is a good team. I mean they they were a good team last year, and and they should be good again this year. So I wouldn't be surprised if they if they split those two games uh, one way or the other, either lose to Vanderbilt and then win the next day, or beat Vanderbilt and then lose the next day. Uh, you know, Lehigh, Monmouth, Savannah State, Hampton, those should all be wins. I wouldn't worry about any of those games. Uh, Davidson, like you said, they can provide a challenge just because they, like to, they can score some points, um, and they've been scoring a lot this season, so that's not going to be an easy win by any stretch. Uh, it's a game that UVA can physically win. Um, if they can force Davidson into some bad shots, they can definitely take the game over that way. But I kind of have a sense that they're going to end up uh, with one or two losses in the non-conference play. Uh, th- this team, I don't think, is at a level right now where they could be consistent enough to win all their out-of-conference games, but... Uh, if they can get through with one loss or even two, I think that's a pretty successful run heading into ACC play that has a, a kind of a couple of easier games at the beginning and then it gets tough.
0: Just to, uh, to update the good people out there, that noise you heard earlier was apparently Dave's, uh, sound board, uh, headphone jack on his computer, essentially dying. Um, so he is, uh, He's not truant. He's gonna he he he's we'll get back to him again uh somewhere down the road. But for the rest of this podcast, at least it's gonna be me and Ferber. Thoughts and prayers uh, let's Thoughts o- and prayers. <laughs> yeah, right. Let's switch over to um to uh to football where I was expecting the Cavaliers to be much better against uh Louisville, but you know, in hearing Bronco and the players talk about it, it certainly seems like they ran up uh and it definitely looked like it, they ran up against a fresher uh Team that has just has more talent and maybe Louisville hadn't played to that Level so far this year um, but certainly the the uh, the Cardinals are not um, are not Without some skill and that was on full display I think uh, I was not uh, ex- I guess we Can say like as we, we talked about last week right I wasn't expecting uh, UVA to win I thought they would be competitive they were uh, Ferber made a good point Like essentially that that's sec- that second half changed everything the way that 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 half started the way that um, the way that it didn't sort of go UVA's way and, and the way Louisville sort of grabbed momentum and, and didn't let go um, it's a it's a tough beat at the same time you're, you're playing the Heisman Trophy winner and I'm sorry I don't care. What other guys are doing this year? I don't care if Louisville's not quite as good as everybody thought they might be. That kid's the best player in college football, and I don't think it's particularly close. Um, and he went out there and he, he made plays, whereas last year I thought he made plays at times in the game, but he, didn't, he wasn't as consistent. Um, I mean, I, can't, I mean, there was like maybe one bad throw, I can remember. Now, some of that, honestly, comes from the fact that UVA didn't really put him in a, in a spot where he would make mistakes, but the, the best player in the game had a great game. And sometimes you, that's just got to be what it is um, for. Give me some of your sort of closing thoughts on Louisville before we start talking about Miami and what's ahead.
2: Yeah. I mean, I totally agree with you. Um, I came out of that game almost thinking that Lamar Jackson might be the most underrated player in the country. Uh, I mean, people just take for granted the stuff that he can do. I and mean, you look at his stat line and you're like, ah, just another game, 300 yards, four touchdowns. Sure. I mean, he had what, like an 80 yard rushing touchdown in the first quarter of the game it looked easy. Um, it's tough to stop, and and we talked about it before the game, but they were coming off a bye, and UVA was obviously coming off of not just an emotional win, but an emotional win against the triple option team. Uh, So, I mean, I think that kind of all caught up to them on the road uh, against the Louisville team that I think defensively played pretty inspired football. Uh, Their players throughout the week leading up to the game, they talked a lot about, you know, trying to play with pride and trying to um, take advantage of the fact that they've been healthy now for the first time basically all season. So, uh, I mean, I was I was pretty impressed with the effort that they brought and, and the relentlessness and the, the ability to force UVA off the field at times. But I think this UVA team is kind of like, I think they're exactly what, the, like this fits right in with what they are this year. I think we've seen the highs, uh, Boise State, the second half of the Georgia Tech game, the second half of the Duke game. Uh, we know what this offense can do when things are clicking. Um, unfortunately, they don't have the talent or the necessarily the the identity to be consistent enough to bring that every week. And I don't necessarily lay that totally at the feet of the coaches. Uh, I mean, this is a, a group that won two games last year and lost a really dynamic playmaker at running back and a couple offensive linemen. So I, I think it's going to take time before this offense is truly consistent enough to go on the road. And, and you know, like basically... We can look at an opponent like Pittsburgh or Boston College or Louisville or Georgia Tech and we can say like, hey, this team's susceptible to giving up a lot of running yards or passing yards or they they get scored on a lot in the red zone or they get beat on big plays. And you can kind of see a path forward for UVA to win. But it's like 50-50 whether they're going to actually follow through with that path or not and be successful. And it's just like a roll of the dice whether you're going to get a UVA team that comes out and you know, a few a few good plays lead to more big plays, which lead to more big plays, which give them momentum to carry through and win the game and score a bunch of points. Or if we're going to get a team that maybe has a couple big plays early, but a couple of bad plays can kind of like derail everything and get the offense out of a rhythm and, and put them behind. So, I mean, the offensive line needs to clean things up a lot before this week when they go to Miami because they were pretty rough against Louisville's front seven. Uh, Kurt was kind of running for his life a little bit and then they had a few run plays that got blown up because of bad blocking so and then uh, obviously Robert and I talked about um, some inconsistencies with the players Uh, I'm not exactly sure if he was referring to specific guys or what that was about but uh, I mean obviously he wants to see more consistency from his receivers and linemen so but then again I mean some of the play calling is, is head scratching as well and uh, like I said, I'm not trying to put it all on him, but at the same time, I think everybody is just kind of like, "Yeah, this team's just not at a at a point, or this program's not at a point yet where we're going to be consistent enough to, to see them put up a bunch of points every week that we think that they can."
0: That's a good. That's a very good summation. I would say that as they move forward, the thing I'm most curious about is the offensive line. That was the worst they've looked all season. Um, I did not go back and rewatch the game because I just had too much going on. Uh, I'm not sure if you did Ferber or not, but it it definitely nah, did. It <laughs> it seemed like to me Rankinsmeyer was available. Um, I was a little bit surprised Monday when we got a depth chart that didn't have him uh as a starter. My guess though is that they're they're rotating enough right now that I I almost feel like they were trying to to do the same thing that they did against Georgia Tech, and I'm not sure if um. I'm not sure if 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 having English back kind of threw things off or what, but I think they want to they want to continue to have sort of a rotation because they want to keep fresh bodies. I think they believe that that's one of the things that really helped them in that Georgia Tech game. Um, it could be just something as simple as dudes were beat up uh, and they they played against a, be- a better, more rested team. Um, it didn't go right, and mom- momentum just stayed in Louisville's favor this weekend. Clearly, a very tall task. Obviously, the best team Virginia will face this season, um, the number two ranked Hurricanes In their turnover chain, um, which we will touch on in a bit. I um, I don't know where the line is right now, but my guess is it, it, it's not pretty. Um, it's in the for, twenty range. Yeah, that seems about right. I mean, I I, I I you you give me twenty, I might take the points. But man, after watching. Uh Miami just go right through Notre Dame last weekend. It's it's tough to it's tough to think too much about the Cavaliers' chances. Uh here's what here's the way I want to handle this, Robert. What do you feel like Virginia has to do in order to win this game? What are the sort of the the, the magical keys, so to speak?
2: I think offensively it starts with not turning the ball over. Um you know, we <laughs> it's gonna get talked about during the game, but obviously Miami's got the turnover chain and, and it's not just like uh it's not just like a bit. I mean they actually I guess that it works because they're they're forcing more turnovers than pretty much anybody in the country. They forced uh, four. They've had four consecutive games where they have forced four turnovers. Uh, that's pretty remarkable for any team against any group of opponents, but they've done it against good opponents, so that's even more impressive. And and obviously their home field advantage has turned around a little bit, so the defense is is feeding off that. I'm sure. So Kurt's got to take care of the ball. Um, and and, and I think offensively because the offensive line will probably be a bit overmatched against a team that, that can get some sacks. They have a few guys that can get to the quarterback. Uh, it's going to be important for them to establish a running game and uh, and also to, to find ways to get the ball out quick, whether that means jet sweep action to Alameda or screens to Joe Reed or you know just underneath stuff to the tight end, it, whatever it is, or maybe even mix in some quarterback runs. Um, they've got to get creative. They can't. I think what happened against Louisville was a lot of the reason that the offensive line couldn't protect is because they were trying to take advantage of Louisville where they were most susceptible to to giving up stuff, and that was like big plays in the passing game. Uh, I mean, you saw it on UVA's first drive. They were able to make some plays down the field and get down there and score. So I think that they saw that success and tried to emulate that for the rest of the game. But the offensive line just wasn't able to protect long enough, and guys weren't getting open quick enough. So it all fell apart uh, against Miami. They don't really have that weakness deep in the secondary, so I think that the onus is going to be on them to find ways to get the ball out. And then on defense, I think the key is uh, to basically to make Malik Rozier beat you. Um, He's shown himself to be a capable quarterback. He's got 20 touchdowns and 7 picks this year. Uh, He had a kind of a rough game against Virginia Tech, but they still won handily. So he's he's certainly got a lot of weapons uh, to throw to, so... I, I don't, it's not that he's not capable of beating you and it's not like they can't throw the ball, but if Miami's able to establish a running game and get a couple of turnovers then this thing could get out of hand pretty quickly. But if UVA can kind of catch them sleeping and then, and jump out to a lead and, uh, and, and try to protect the ball. And, and honestly, if they can get the running game going, try to make it a quicker game. Um, try to get the game over with, get, get some long possessions and uh, try to win a close, slow scoring game. Cause I think that's the only way you're going to be able to do it.
0: Hmm. Matt Joseph who's my buddy who works over at the um, um, ESPN station in Richmond Who also writes our odds and ends column He's always talking about emotional letdowns and emotional this And he's really into the idea of like motivation and, and why a team wants this And what they... I wondered at, for, as I first started sort of thinking about this game I, I started to think like alright if you're Miami You're just coming off this huge win over Notre Dame You've got to be expecting you're just going to roll right through UVA Um, and then I started thinking about it, was like, but they're the number two team in the country. The playoff it isn't necessarily like they're trying to do all they can just in case they lose the ACC championship game, right? So they can sort of somehow manage to stay in there. Um, they're as motivated probably as they're going to get. And yeah, it's a noon start. And, you know, fans at Miami haven't necessarily always been the most faithful when it came to coming to, um, what is it, Hard Rock Cafe Stadium. Um, but at the same it's time, just, it's
2: just Hard Rock Stadium
0: is it is it just hard rock stadium yeah there's no I hope, cafe i hope i do i'm gonna throw cafe in there all week i don't care um mark rick said this week that there were only i you know whatever many tickets left um which i yeah, was I kind expect of surprised to be by. a
2: good crowd i don't think they're just gonna not come
0: i mean they're the number two team in the country i mean people forget like a lot of those miami teams that people didn't come see they were not very good um and people like a winner so and then
2: you've been down there you know it's not close to it's not close to the the campus, so no, I mean, no. you have to show people why they should come watch a game, especially at noon against Virginia. So, I think they've done that.
0: Here's what I'd say: turnover margin, points off turnovers, time of possession. If UVA can can be plus one, plus two in turnover margin, can can score some points off turnovers, and can can basically. Sustained drives The reason I say The thing about Time possession Isn't necessarily To keep the ball Away from Miami's Offense per se It's that You want to be You want to continue To have the ball Because that means Good things for your Offense It's also Very apparent to me That no team UVA Has played um, Lives off turnovers The way this team does And If you're going to Beat them You're going to Have to be clean And I don't mean Like kind of clean I mean clean Um You've got to make every possession count. You know you can't be having four or five possessions in the inside the forty and not be scoring points. Um, so I feel like if there is a um, you know a magical path, so to speak, for UVA, that's it. Um, good balance between the run, and the pass, complimentary football, um, going to be really difficult. Um, let's get to uh, our our picks. Um, I will start with Dave since he's not here to speak for himself in the preseason. Dave had Virginia losing this game. 38 to 24 he's going to amend that and say 31 to 24 hurricanes uh he thinks the the wahoos catch him sleeping um but that uva can't quite pull it off uh ferber in the preseason you had uh miami win this 38 21 uh how do you feel now
2: yeah i kind of agree with dave i think that with the noon game and, and considering the last two games that tech played on national stages against ranked teams Virginia Tech and, and Notre Dame and then the way that they won those games and and you know all the the hype that they've been getting in the last few weeks about the U being back and potentially getting to the playoff and now that the Coastal's locked up there's certainly a uh, potential for a letdown. Uh, the question is can Virginia take uh, like a early, like let's say Miami gets out to a slow start, can Virginia take that and and find a way to sustain that momentum for 60 minutes and not just take the lead early? Uh, I kind of think it's going to be the latter. Um, I, I think it's going to be tough for them to play sixty minutes on the road against a team like that. Even if Miami gets out to a slow start, they know what's at stake. They're still playing for a playoff spot, and their defense is just good. I mean, they're they're just a good defense, and I think that UVA's offense has struggled against mediocre defenses, and they haven't played a good defense in a few weeks. So I think this is going to be a challenge for them on the road and. I think that they can get out to a good start and maybe take a lead and, and maybe even have a lead into halftime uh, if things go well. I could also see a scenario where they get the doors blown off. Um, but I think they'll lose this game 28-14.
0: Uh, in the preseason, I had uh, Miami winning this 30-24. Uh, to 24. I, I will be shocked if UVA wins this game. And I typically say the opposite. I typically say, like, oh, well, no, nope, like – That's, you know, um, I think off, um, at the top of my mind is, is just, it's just so hard, I think for UVA to sort of be able to sustain those drives, um, without making those mistakes. Um, I would like to see the coaching staff shorten the rotation at wide receiver. I'd like them to, to play with more tempo. I, I, if somebody would tell Robert and I, Hey, you're down 10 before every drive, I think UVA would be markedly better. Uh, defensively, I think um, it'll be really interesting to see the game plan Bronco draws up here because I thought last week there were times when they were sort of blitzing it, and it didn't really feel like it made a lot of sense as to why. Um, it also would make sense to me that uh, you know that he's dealing with a team that is a little banged up and is trying to to sort of uh, get itself right at the hardest time to get right. So I, I, I think Miami is the better team, clearly. Uh, if this game was in Charleston, maybe I'd feel somewhat differently, but I probably wouldn't pick it uh, much differently. I, I'm going to take the Canes to win it 37-21. Um, to 21. Um, I, I just feel like they, they're they rolling, and uh, it's going to take them playing a game very much outside of the, the team that they've been all season uh, for the Cavaliers to sort of have a, a real bona fide shot uh, we will finish up this week as we like to do with our prop bets. Um, luckily enough, Dave and I talked about these before uh, um, before his motherboard or soundboard or whatever blew up. Thoughts um, and prayers. Thoughts and prayers. So, and prayers. <laughs> so um, we're going to start with the fun one. Um, how many appearances uh, of the chain uh, of the turnover chain will there be, Ferber?
2: I think uh, I'll say two. I'll say
0: there's right. going to be two. Uh, Dave said he two as well. Brad is going to go with uh, three. Uh, all right. Braxton Barrios, one of those wide receivers that everybody loves to hate. Um, what do you think? Plus or minus one and a half touchdowns for old Braxton this weekend? One and a half? Uh, I'll go
2: under. I'll go under okay. one and a half.
0: Dave is going under as well. I think he's going to get two, so I'm going to say over. And lastly... Um I, well, our, this is a Dave special. You ready for this one forever? Will UVA punt inside uh the Miami 45? Yes or no? <laughs>
2: That's pretty <laughs> funny. Um Inside the 45. I will say yes. I'll say yes and, and there'll be a big there'll be a big kerfluffle on the message board about <laughs> About people yelling about them. They should have went forward on 4th I two. really
0: hate when they do that. I really hate it. I said no. So many no. Uh Dave said no as well. Um, but I think that's a good place to put a pin in it uh, for this week. I uh, want to thank everybody out there for continuing to support the show. We're at 230 episodes, which I know I say this every couple of weeks, but it still blows my mind whenever I change that number. Um, so I really appreciate everybody out there for continuing to listen to us talk about UVA sports. Uh, it's been a lot of fun. And really look forward to doing 230 more of these. Um Want to thank Dave and Ferber for giving uh, Graciously of their time um, Sorry you guys got robbed of uh, Like 30 minutes of Dave uh, I'm sure that he had uh, Lots of thoughts um, He you know as he As he tried to like unwind himself From being both uh, pessimistic and optimistic Depending on when uh, When you when you talk to him uh, What's but like again, the want most thank-
2: Dave thing that we could talk about Right now while he can't talk
1: uh, Like what would he want to talk about Oh
0: he would lo- he would want to tell that story from JPJ the uh, uh, for the for the apps, uh, for the oh, P yeah. game.
2: That's true. He would
0: want to tell that story, and now we're going to leave people wondering what that story is about, and then we're going to mm-hmm. let Dave decide whether or not he actually wants to talk about it once his computer works. Yeah, come um, to
2: CatsCorner if you want to see the uh, <laughs> if you want to see the, the uh, conclusion of,
0: story. <laughs> the conclusion of this uh, this 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 teased uh, um, soliloquy here. So no, so thank you guys for being on the show as always. I really appreciate it. Uh, for Justin Ferber and kind of David Spence, I'm Brad Franklin, publisher of Capscorn.com. Thanks for coming out. We'll see you soon.